Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Jolenta. It has been one week since we lived by the miracle morning, and you know what that means. It's time for another By the Book mini That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living by the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And bonus, we'll also be joined during the second half of the show by Gretchen Rubin, host of the Happier Podcast and author of many books, including The Four Tendencies. But first, let's get something out of the way. Miracle Morning is the most requested book from listeners since we launched this show. Here's an example of just one of the many letters we've received asking us to cover this book. Judith wrote us to say, Hi, ladies, just a quick suggestion. Have you thought about doing The Miracle Morning in one of the upcoming shows? I kind of read about it last week, and now I'm kind of trying it out, hopefully starting tomorrow. The author seems like a real idiot, and the writing is just, well, forehead-smackingly bad. Anyway, I would love to hear you ladies take on The Miracle Morning and maybe feel inspired to get my ass out of bed before 8 a.m. Yeah, how many versions of this letter did we get? Oh, a billion. Maybe, a, I, like, a hundred. Everyone know. We... just wanted us to do it for them <laughs> to see if, like, maybe, like, well, they can get up early. Maybe I can. Yeah, maybe. So we got that request on Facebook. We got it on email. We got it on Twitter. We got it in so many different ways. So, of course, we had to live by this book. And we also heard from a lot of you guys who naturally, unlike us, love getting up early. But thankfully, you guys were a little less harsh on us than a Hal would have been. Yo, pal, Hal, not. Erica writes, I'm a morning person and I love it. 
but you can't make yourself a morning person, and it is not a superior way to be. Thank you, Erica. Oh, Erica. Thank you. Uh, Renee wrote us to say, oh, dear, every time a morning person suggests everyone should be up early, I cringe. I'm a morning person. Like, I'm up and out on my walk with the dog by five most mornings. But please don't ask me to hang out after 10 p.m. Find what works for you. Yes, Renee. Agree. Yes, Renee. Also, we love your dog. We saw yeah, a picture on the Facebook page. She posted a picture of her dog. Oh, Super so cute. So freaking cute. We love getting dog pictures. Just keep sending us we dog We always pictures. love a dog. We do. Especially we love in clothes. Any animals in clothes. <laughs> running theme here. So cute. We also heard from lots of you about your own experiences of living by the Miracle Morning. Ashley said, I tried his advice and there was definitely nothing miraculous. All he needed to say was wake up early and schedule some things you think are important. <laughs> Now that saved us the trouble of reading a whole book, didn't it, Ashley? Oh my God. Wish that could you be a fortune us. cookie. Yeah. Next season of the show is going to be by the fortune cookie. Yeah. yeah. Let's just live by fortune cookie. By fortunes. the cookie. <laughs> and Beth says, hi, ladies. I've been trying really hard for months to make the Miracle Morning work for me after it was recommended by a friend. I've honestly developed a bit of a complex about why I can't seem to get up early and why it's not working for me. I joined Hal's Facebook group, listened to a few of his podcasts, and even bought the companion Miracle Morning Journal. I really feel like your episode put into words feelings of discomfort I've had about Hal. Oh, my God, he is a douche. I laughed out loud at work and his methods. So thank you. I feel like you both have helped to free me from the feeling of guilt I've had surrounding this. I don't really know a whole lot of people who have tried this method. And of course, everyone in the Miracle Morning Facebook group only sings Hal's praises. So I felt like it was totally my fault that this wasn't working for me. So thanks for suffering through this book for two weeks. Your experiences made me feel less alone. Oh, oh Beth. God. That's, I, I mean, this I is the number one. Yeah, that way. It's the number one problem with self-help books. It's like it's the message of whatever works for you is lost. And the message of if this doesn't work for you, you are broken is like really hammered into your brain <sighs> as you read. In these ones that are a little more detrimental and need you to admit how bad you are. Yeah, I just in order hate that you change. felt guilty yeah. about this. And it sounds like. And because of that guilt, you gave Hal more money. Ugh. Like, that's what was supposed to happen. That's what he's like gunning for. That's yeah. why he says you're mediocre. Oh, you are not mediocre. Oh, oh, oh. And speaking of the Miracle Morning Facebook group. Oh, my God. Jolenta. We have to point out here that you were a member I joined of that it, group. and then I left it once we finished the book. Yeah, just for the time we were living yeah. the book, and I refused to join the group. That people love Hal on it, it, and that's great that they found a place to talk about it. It's yes. great for them. Yes. But Charlotte wrote us on our Facebook group to say this. She said, I hope this doesn't make me a drama monger, but I couldn't resist posting a link to the latest Buy the Book episode in the Miracle Morning Community <laughs> Facebook group. Ay, ay, ay. You two had such strong opinions on it. I read it a few years ago, and my takeaway was ultimately to take what I liked from the routine and leave the rest. I love that. I, ha I really wish I stayed in the group just so I could see people's reactions. I mean, it's probably a good thing I can't see. But no, I have a surprise for you. What? I asked Cameron to join the group so he could spy and find out no! if there's any good comments. I don't know if you should tell me. Cameron, oh only God. tell me after you've like really vetted it. Okay. <laughs> We need to know what they're saying. Uh, I'm so <laughs> nervous to see what they, what they say. But Charlotte, thanks for uh, being that drama monger. We love it. No, I we love it. Love you it are not so a drama much. monger. You're just awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get to our last letter of the day from Michelle. 
Michelle writes, ladies, I think you're both amazing and funny and all that jazz. This podcast is great. However, uh, I think you knew a but or similar word was coming. This episode felt like such a cop-out. I understand modifying the books or not doing them if they are negatively impacting you, like the weight loss one, but I listened to this podcast to get a sense of what actually putting the books into practice might be like, and with this one, neither of you did that. So how can you give a proper verdict? Yes, he's a douche, but maybe if you had really tried, you would have found a new way to look at things. Don't let his shittiness hide the gold from you. If you get sick, skip the exercise, but still do the meditation, etc. If you're not a morning person, give it your all and try going to bed earlier. I was disappointed that you didn't seem to give this one a real effort. Hopefully in the future, you'll go back to actually trying your best to live by the books you choose. It is when I love listening most. I am sending this because I want your podcast to be amazing. I hope you know I write because I care. Thank you for caring. Michelle, we so appreciate that you care. Thank Mm -hmm. you for writing to us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. But, but (laughs) we have this to say. Yes. Michelle, we use self-help books as a jumping off point to explore life and learn and think about what it means to be human. And in that vein, we leave these books as any other human would in the world. We don't want to do these books in a vacuum. We don't want to do them in a lab. We keep our lives going and see if the books help or hinder our relationships, our work. And that means, you know, if we have a fever of 100 and we're sick or if Kristen has a late work function and she has to go to it, we're not going to put our lives on hold because the book says we have to get up early or we're not going to ignore our physical ailments because a book says we have to get up at 530. No, because this is how real people read self-help books. Real people in the world do get sick. Real people in the world do have to go to work and have all of the other obligations that are a part of life. Yeah. So I think this is how real people read and do self-help books. I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we do give it our very best. All you have to do is look at our inboxes for our email or our text messages and the hundreds of times every week we write back and forth and we clarify rules and we do our best. Or you could talk with either of our husbands and hear how their lives are being ruined by yeah, all of this I guess stuff. it's, yeah. Like, we do live the books yeah. the very best we I, can I'd while like still to trying think, to be human. Yeah. I'd like to think we did not cop out. Yeah. Three days before the end of the project, I got sick and acknowledged it. I don't think that's a huge cop out. I think I pushed myself super hard. I went on runs and then went to yoga classes and did a bunch more stuff than I normally do. And I got sick. Yeah. This book just was not a good fit for us. And can I say, I do have something to say about the golden shit analogy that Michelle wrote us. Yes, let's hear I, it. Let's I hear it. think, yeah, there might be some gold in all of the, you know, self-aggrandizing shit he's shilling. And I think even if there is some gold, so what? His approach is awful. It's off-putting to a Ugh. lot of women. And I don't like him. There are so many self-help books about sleep in particular. I know Ariana Huffington wrote one. I doubt she wants me to say I'm mediocre first. I think Hal's attitude is also part of his appeal to his followers. And... I'm going to give a verdict on that attitude, too, and say you don't have to sift through shit to find gold. Find it somewhere else. Yeah. And so, Michelle, we hope that you can understand our point of view on this. And we really do appreciate your writing. But once in a while, the books that we live by just aren't going to pan out into something that feels, like, transformative. Yeah, we can't guarantee a sort of mind-blowing revelation. Yeah. We can hope for them. We can always give you a verdict. But... 
not every book's going to elevate me to, you know, a higher plane of being. Oh, you're already up there, hun. You're up there. You are a level 10 person to me. Oh, you're level 10 (laughs) in my heart. Oh, you're level 10. Okay, guys, time for a break, but stay with us because when we come back, we'll be joined by the great Gretchen Rubin. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And now for today's special guest, Gretchen Rubin, who hosts the Happier Podcast along with her sister Elizabeth Kraft. And full disclosure, up until yesterday, I was producing that show. (laughs) Uh, She's also the author of many books, including The Happiness Project, and her most recent book is The Four Tendencies, which is just a fantastic book. And after hearing our latest episode on Miracle Morning, several listeners wrote in suggesting that you weigh in, Gretchen. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here to talk about this. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a huge fan of both of you and the show, and I'm so excited to talk about my favorite subjects. So here's an example of what we've been hearing. Uh, Sandy wrote in to say, you should so have Gretchen Rubin on for the Miracle Morning epilogue. She has a section in one of her books about how most people have a natural preference for being early risers or late risers and how each gets things done in their own timeline. Larks and night owls, I think. Is, is that what that is? It's larks and night yeah, owls? Yeah, larks and owls. Yeah, but you morning people, night people. Yeah, it's you, the language is not important, but it's the idea that people fall into these different camps. I and see. which one are you? I'm a morning person for sure. I'm a lark all the way. Okay. Yes. What time do you get up? Six. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> we tried that. And do you think people are just, they have a natural preference for one or the other? Well, you know, I used to think that people, everybody could be a morning person if they just went to bed on time. But really, research shows that um, it's largely genetically determined and also oh. a function of age. Oh. So as we all know, like little kids, like toddlers tend to be larks. Teenagers and young people tend to be owls. Very older people tend to be larks again. Um, and then part of it is just your genetics. It's just the kind of person that you are. And so this idea that you could just will yourself into being an entirely different kind of person, I think, is just not true. And that people really are different in the what time of day they're going to feel most productive, creative, and energetic. Well, this gets at something that really bugged both me and Jolenta reading this book, which is... The author, Hal Alrod, repeatedly says, this is the one guaranteed way to <laughs> right, right. It is the only way to make sure you start performing at 100%. Yeah. Yes. And so what do you think about that? Well, I just think that's not right. I mean, I really believe that there is no magic one-size-fits-all solution that works for everyone. And I mean, just look at the world around you. I mean, you see that some people are different from others. A great example of this is this wonderful book called Daily Rituals by Mason Curry, where he goes through the daily habits of like 161 highly successful people, scientists, artists, painters, choreographers, you know, all different kinds. 
And some stay up late and some get up early and some work in the middle of a crowded studio and some work in solitude and some drink coffee all day and some drink whiskey all day. I mean, there can't be any one thing that works because you see all these people doing wildly different, you know, setting up their lives in wildly different ways. And I think what the most important thing to do is to say, well, what works for me? How can I set up my life in the way that's going to allow me to be my most creative and productive and not worry about what worked for Benjamin Franklin or my sister-in-law or whatever and just say, like, well, what do I need to thrive? But the idea that somebody is just going to, like, hand you hand you the answer, probably that's what works for him. And so he's right. like, well, if it works for me, it must work for everybody, right? It's like, no. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about if you're a morning person versus a night person. Right. What strategies would you recommend for each of those people Mm. who feel that they want to be more productive? Right. So one thing that the research shows is that night people tend to be less happy than morning people. And one of the hypotheses for why this is true is that the world is really set up for morning people. I see. School starts early, so you got to get your kids off to school. Work starts early for a lot of people. Um, So one thing that you can do is if you can, and not everybody can, but if you can organize your day so that you start later, try to do that if you're a night person. Because you just, the idea that you're going to get up at 7 a.m. and work on a novel or write um, or even, you know, be functional when you get to work just might not be the case. But so maybe you could say to your boss, hey, I've been talking to some people in the in the office, and I th- we think we'd really be a lot more alert and bring a lot better energy to the meeting if we could move it to 11 a.m. instead of having it at 8.30. That can make a big difference for some people. Or maybe you could work it out that you stay later at night and get there a little bit later. You know, in certain professions, it's easier to come to work later than others, but you can't really control that. But so sometimes you can, or like I had a friend where she was a morning person, he was a night person. They were parents, and they had these children, they had to get up and get to school. And she was complaining to me, Oh, he never helps. You know, he just bumbles around the apartment. He's half asleep. I do all the work. I spend all my time like trying to just chivvy him along. And I said to her, look, he's not being helpful. Let him sleep late because that's what he needs. You get up. You're doing all the work anyway. You do it. And then he can help with bedtime because that's when he's more energetic and productive. And you can just be like sitting on the couch reading a magazine and you can come in and read Mm -hmm. the bedtime story or whatever when you want. But, like, take advantage of both of your strengths because it's great to be energetic in the morning, but it's also great to be energetic at night. I can't do anything after, like, 5 p.m. Uh, so I think part of it is, like, can you shape your work and your productivity, your exercise, all your duties to suit yourself as much as you can rather than trying to, you know, pummel yourself into fitting into somebody else's mold? So do you think there are any merits to trying to switch your preferences? Like, as far as waking up early, like... Just like just power through and do it and try like. I don't think it really works. You don't think it. Yeah. I mean, people I think it's just I think it's really putting a hurdle for yourself because often what people are trying to do when I talk because I always talk to people who are very frustrated because they've been trying and failing to make a habit or Mm -hmm. achieve some aim over time. And I'm like, okay, if you're trying to get up early and work on your novel, you're asking yourself to do two difficult things. One is just to get awake. Right. And one is to write a novel. It's like, why not make it easier and say to yourself, well, I'm going to work at my novel at 5 p.m. Or I'm going to take an hour break at 3 and do it or, or, you know, or whatever would work for you. Again, I, I mean, now, as you get older, you will naturally become more larkish. So if you just wait long enough, it might you might catch up with yourself. And I see logistically why doing things in the morning makes sense. Like there's a lot of arguments on paper for why it's a good idea. But if you've been... You know, and it's always good to experiment. Try it and see if it works for you. But if you're consistently trying and failing to do something, I would say try it a different way instead of telling yourself that you're lazy, you have no self-control, you have no willpower. 
just feel like, well, a lot of people would struggle with this, and I'm one of them, so I'm going to try to try to achieve the same in a different way. I love how you're so Such zero judgment. a healthy attitude. Yeah, I was so just going to say it's so different from so many of the books we read, which are like, this is the only way. If you can't do it, like, you're, you're mediocre. This yeah, is why you're, you're failing. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's not like, find a way, find the loopholes, make it work for you. But as opposed you, to, you know. But do you think that people have this desire to be handed one way that they kind of are attracted in theory to the simplicity oh, totally. of Absolutely. like, this yes. is the magic yes. solution? Yes. But, but I feel like the, the, the thing that's too bad that happens is that then they get all hopeful and think, well, this is going to be the thing that's going to solve my problem for me. And then when it doesn't work, they blame themselves. Right. Yes. It's like, well, you clearly are a best-selling author, so you must know the answer. And so I, there's something wrong with me. I'm clearly a failure because yeah. that didn't jive with how I live my life. I need to change what's wrong with me instead of being like, well, this just doesn't apply to me because I'm a completely different kind of person. Yes. And I think that's one of the lessons we learn over and over. Oh, yes. Again, <laughs> from the books we follow, you know, anyone who listens to our show knows yeah. Jolenta is different than me. We yeah. love each other, but yeah. we're different in certain ways. And a book that really speaks to Jolenta frequently will not speak to me because right. we're different people. Yes. And that's fine. That doesn't mean Jolenta is better than me or I'm worse than her. Well, you know? And I think that's the problem, too, is sometimes people are like, well, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of saying, like, you have one way, I have another way. Or like, I think everybody should keep a, a clean desk because that's how you have like organization. You know? And it's <laughs> you like, must hate my desk. Have you seen this? <laughs> <seen Christmas? laughs> but, yeah. but that's the thing. It's yeah. like for some people, having stuff out and abundance and buzz and choice and profusion, that's what creates, gives them creativity and energy. And so if you have a boss who walks through and says, like, everybody has to do it the way that works for me, it's like for a lot of people, that's going to be actually counterproductive. So we all have to just say, like, you have your way, I have my way. We just have to figure out how to get to a place where we can all thrive. Um, But it is funny how easy it is to be judgmental, right? Because you're like, oh, Oh, why aren't you doing it my way? You know, the book that we were living by, it said over and over again that people like me who go to bed at two in the morning, that we're losers. And I love my bed. I just love using my bed after 2 a.m. That's all. it, It doesn't make me a bad person. Well, and that's one of the things that they've shown is that night people don't sleep less as long as they can sleep their natural or and they don't sleep more like sometimes people are like oh they're just you stay up late and sleep all hours it's like well no they're getting the normal amount of sleep it's just that it's back shifted and so they're not lazy in that they're just lounging around all the time it's like they are up until two um and uh and there's but there's a lot of value to that you know um and so i think that uh this idea but you and you have you work like you come into work a little bit later than a lot of conventional yes. professions mm-hmm. and that's probably one thing that really works for you here is that they don't start work at 7:30 a.m. here so kristen and i have found we're both definitely more night owls yeah. what about do you have any advice for us when we do have to get up at you know 6 a.m. to oh, make a meeting or that flight or you know anything. What's interesting, Dan Pink just wrote a book. It just came out called The Power of When. And one of the things he talks about is like, what do you do um, if you're in that situation? And uh, one of the things is if you can go outside, because having the light in your face is going to make you Mm. alert and the sunlight will really like help you wake up. Um, Drink coffee. Um, If you can like prepare a lot the night before, like let's say you have an early morning meeting um, and, uh, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to drag myself out of bed to get there. It's like have everything ready in advance, your papers, anything you need to take so you can concentrate on the essential because 
you're not going to have your usual yeah. bandwidth to address. Mm-hmm. So you have your do, outfit plan, have, what jewelry you might pop on. Yeah, so like, you don't yeah. set up anything where you have to make a decision in the morning. No, yes. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. Know what and, you're going to eat for breakfast type stuff. Yeah, and the, and even like if you need materials or everything, have everything ready so that you're not like forcing yourself to make a lot of minor decisions or like because you're going to be moving slowly. Excellent. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Gretchen. Oh, We're yay. just thrilled to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. We know our listeners are thrilled. Oh. So many have been dying to hear from you. So oh, good. It's just such a pleasure to have you joining us oh, today. Oh, it's so fun. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to hang out with you guys. Thank you. And reminder to listeners, Gretchen's latest book is called The Four Tendencies, and it is fantastic. It's super yes. good. Yes. Uh, we've got three out of four right here. What? Rebel, Obliger, and Upholder. Is, wow. Is Cameron a questioner? I don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> Was say that a question he yeah. just asked? <laughs> Honestly, I, think he, I feel like it could be. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks Thank so you. much, Gretchen. Okay, Kristen, you know what time it is? I know what time it, it is. is. Yeah. It's book announcement time. Bum, bum, bum. The book we're reading next week is... What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. By Shad Helmstetter. What should we say when we talk to ourselves? Should we talk to ourselves out loud? Can I still talk to you? Can I still talk to Cameron? Yeah, can we talk to other people? We will find out next week. Thanks again to everyone who reached out, and huge thanks to Gretchen Rubin for joining us in studio. Reminder, you can reach us at 505-510-BOOK anytime, or write to us at buythebook at panoply.fm. And don't forget, if you want to talk to us more, talk to other listeners, join our Facebook community. We will have a link to that in our show notes. Thanks to our producer, as always, the great Cameron Drews. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't give a shit about the gold nuggets if they're smeared in, like, mansplainy, egocentric shit. There are plenty of nuggets with less shit around them. I'm just thinking shit nuggets. This is so gross. I know, but this, she, the whole started, so... she started it, and it happens to really work from the way I use language, so I'm furthering it. Michelle, I do love the way your harness on language. It's beautiful. Um, but I'm just going to say, like... Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.